Hey there, Matt here. You know, I've, I've got to stop the regular flow of the show every once in a while just to express my gratitude. I mean, thank you so much for your support of the show. Thanks for sharing it with a friend. Thanks for your fine reviews over at iTunes. I mean, and I thank you for all of that because we depend on that over here. It's, it's what keeps everything moving forward. It, it's what keeps us producing this show. It inspires us to continue producing the show. And, and thank you for doing business with us as well. I mean, thank you for putting your faith and cash flow savvy for your turnkey real estate investing needs. I mean, we're helping busy people in countless numbers build their cash flowing portfolios while they go on about their normal lives, while they go on and pursue their own careers. And they've got this cash flowing real estate portfolio building for them in the background. And that's what we do over here. And, and thank you to all of the Epic Pro Academy members. I mean, you guys rock. And it's it's really starting to show over at the private Facebook group that we set up for Epic Pro Academy members. You know, as, as I just got this email a few days ago, it comes from Matt Sewell out of Washington. He He's one of my virtual coaching members. And I was helping him with a, a particular deal. And the deal was kind of tight, was really slim, wasn't a, the options that he had were a bit limited. And we went over that. But then out of the blue, he sends me this email, says, Hi, Matt. I just wanted to let you know that I was able to assign this property to one of the bigger players here in Spokane, Washington. I actually contacted a friend from my mastermind group, Nathan Price. You interviewed him on episode 49, and he was able to connect me with the buyer. And I agreed to split the wholesale fee with Nathan, so I'm only making a couple thousand bucks, but it was totally worth it to help build the relationship between myself, Nathan, and the buyer. I'm starting to become known around town, and I'm building a reputation. The way I see it, the more money that I can make for other investors, the better the reputation I can have and the more money I can make for myself through those relationships. Anyways, I just wanted to fill you in on how this deal turned out. By the way, Nathan says hi. Take care. Matthew D. Sewell, Manager, Spokane Real Estate Solutions. And if you want to reach out to Matt, you can do that at SpokaneRealEstateSolutions.com. All I got to say is that is why I do what I do. So Matt, thanks for sharing this with me. And Nathan, hello. Let's get on with the show. Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Super excited today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Epic Real Estate Investing. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Super happy that you're here. This is just a super place to be because it's the place where I teach people how to escape the rat race by investing in real estate. You see, I changed one thing. I changed that one thing just one time and I escaped that rat race forever. And that one thing that I changed, I changed my focus. I stopped focusing on making piles of cash and I started focusing on making streams of cash. And that right there, that changed my life forever. No longer do I work for money. No, it works for me. And, and if I had to start from scratch, if I were to do it all over again, I'd do it exactly the same way. And I'd do it exactly the same way whether I had money and credit to work with or not. Because when I got started, I had diddly squat. You see, I, while I was finding my way, I stumbled upon 12 different strategies of investing in real estate with little to no money. And in and hindsight, being forced to invest that way, being forced to get started that way, being forced to make something happen with minimal resources, I believe that made me a better investor. And I'm here because I want to make you a better investor as well. So I put the first two strategies of the 12 that I use regularly, I put those two, which I believe are also the easiest and the fastest strategies to a paycheck in real estate, I've put them into a free course just for you. And you can access that course at free 
realestateinvestingcourse.com. And if you're not in front of your computer and you want to get access to that course right away, just go ahead and text free course to 55678. And that course will appear right there on your smartphone. All righty. So I've got a great show for you today. Our, our guest is a He's a, a fellow investor, uh, a newer associate of mine. We, we belong to the same mastermind group of where these super successful real estate investors from all over the country get together once a quarter. They talk shop. They talk about what's working for them and, and where they're having their challenges. And they all just kind of input and to, together and they collectively help each other. It's just been such a blessing for me. And, and uh, I'm, I'm getting to know our guest today a little bit better. And, you know, he's just an, an expert at what he does. And I'm not, even though I've uh, executed his strategy a few times, I'm not an expert at it. I know how to do it. But, you know, you can learn so much from an expert, so much more than you can from a generalist. And that's kind of what I am in, in his expertise. So I've asked him to come on and talk about it. So I guess without further ado, I mean, you don't want to hear me talk anymore. Let's talk about, talk to our guest, our, our expert of the day. His name is Mr. John Jackson. Welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show, John. Hey, man. Hey, thank you for having me. And yeah, nobody wants to hear you talk. Uh, people <laughs> tune into your podcast just to hear me. And that's really what it comes down to. It's what so, it comes uh, down to. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, uh, thank you so much for having me uh, here. And uh, man, fantastic being part of that group as well. That's, uh, that was a life-changing group, uh, you know, the mastermind group. Mm-hmm. So uh, so glad you and I got to uh, connect there. Cool. And uh, looking forward to hope, hopefully sharing some uh, some my background, some of the information I can share with your listeners. Cool, cool. Hey, real quick about the group. How long have you been a member? That was my first time ever. Oh, it was? Okay. Okay. I did, did not realize time, that. And, and you know what? It was, uh, uh, it was, uh, you can, you know, I've been a lone wolf, if you will, for 11 years or whatever. And, you know, that doesn't work too well. And mm-hmm. being around a group of guys like that just literally set the fire back on inside, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, where you just get burned out. And you're like, okay, now what? Now what? Being around those guys, uh, I came back, uh, my batteries were charged, and I had a whole new outlook. And yeah, that's uh, just great. fantastic for guys, man. That's Love great. It. Yeah, you know, the world of real estate investing, especially when, you, when you're doing business, you're doing consistent business, or even just general entrepreneurship, it can be a rather lonely business sometimes. And just to get around people that are, are doing what you do and are just as passionate about it as you are, and then it's even more refreshing and more exciting to get around people that are absolutely crushing you and make you look real small. <laughs> I like that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know what? It's funny, too, because I walk, I walk in that room, and I know a couple of guys, you know, just because I've been in this long enough, but and I knew who most of the other guys were. I didn't know them. But I thought, what in the world am I doing here? I mm. thought, John, you need to get on that plane and get get back to Texas because you don't belong in this crowd. <laughs> but you know what? That's not how it feels, man. It's just a, it's just, just a family, you know, yeah. and I love it. Yeah. It's fantastic, man. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. So uh, you have a Texas that doesn't sound like you're from, or you have a Texas. You have an accent that doesn't sound like you're from the East Coast or the West Coast. You are from Texas, yes? Yeah, I guess, you know, I don't even think I have an accent, but I, I travel so much now with the training and stuff. People go, oh, yeah, you're you're from, uh, you're obviously from Texas. And to me, I don't have an accent, but I don't know. <laughs> I can Maybe hear it. I can hear accent. it. I don't know. No, it, it, you also got that Southern charm going on. You're really friendly, and I just love that. I love about that about Southern people. I've got all of my, a good portion of my whole portfolio is all along the South, and I just love to go visit my properties because the people there are just so damn friendly. Yeah, we're just, we're just happy just to be alive, you know? Right? So. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So have you been in Texas your whole life? 
I, you know, I uh, grew up around the Fort Worth area, mm-hmm. and I lived here all my life, all uh, all eighteen years. Okay, all eighteen years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Matt, Matt, you, you've met me, seen on that eighteen. But I've lived in Texas all my life, so born in Texas, raised in Texas, and just uh, there's something about being from Texas where it's uh, you're just proud of being from here, and you just love the state and the people and everything. Right. So, right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So. Um, have you always been, have you been an eight, a real estate investor for 18 years or is that something rather mm-hmm. new to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get, how'd no, you get actually, started investing? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, I'll take a long story and kind of bring it down to about a 30 second, uh, snippet. But I think the story is interesting, just like all of our stories are interesting because those, there may be people listening to this podcast or that will be listening to it that are wanting to get started in real estate and they're timid and they're afraid, they're unsure. And the truth is this, guys, um, my wife was pregnant with our first daughter, and I had a job that I hated, uh, at a place I hated, working with people I hated, making pay that I hated. So I, I told my wife, I said, you know what, since you're pregnant, I want to support the family, so I'm going to quit my job. Mm-hmm. That's how. I, that's my contribution. I said, I'm going to quit my job. <laughs> uh, and that's what I did. I quit mm-hmm. my job that I hated. I actually became a, uh, a stay-at-home day trader. This is back in 1999, 2000, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Became a day trader. Uh, fast forward a few years, wanted to get involved in real estate. And what I found with real estate, this is important for the people listening that are just starting off to understand, with real estate, uh, there's 20, 30, 40, 50 ways to get started in real estate. Uh, and what happens is you get the shiny object syndrome. The reason is because there's so many ways to make money. And I found that was the same thing with the stock market as well. You know, you don't just make money one way in the stock market. There's 20, 30 different ways to make money. You've got to find what works for you and what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I looked at uh, a variety of uh, options. And the thing that uh, me personally that, that I found that really clicked with me for somebody that wanted no risk was uh, my specialty now, which is lease options. Mm-hmm. And... What I found at the time with lease options is that they were being touted. There wasn't a whole lot out there at the time. But what they were being touted as is a way for you as the investor to make money and to rip people off. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I don't like that. So I basically revamped and reformatted and developed a business, leasing to buy, which helps um, homeowners of their houses, mm-hmm. helps buyers get into – we have a credit improvement uh, we have uh, we help them reestablish credit. We help them uh, actually go all the way to finance. Right. So most of our clients get financed within about ten months mm-hmm. of moving in. Great. So it's a turnkey, if you will, turnkey package. It didn't happen overnight, but that's how I got started. Is I wanted to get into real estate, couldn't find the, the niche that I just was comfortable with. Finally found lease options and said, you know what, I'm going to totally change the world of lease options. And mm-hmm. there you go. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so two questions there I've got. You you were day trading in the stock market, and then you made this transition to real estate. Why? Because, you know, that's, a, 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 that's an interesting question. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. I'm, uh, you know, I guess because as a ADD, entrepreneur-type spirit, you, you're always looking for something else. Mm-hmm. And with the stock market, I was... I was doing okay. I wasn't crushing it, you know. I actually started trading options, and that's where I started making money. But, you know, sitting in your office, in your house, uh, for, you know, six, seven hours a day, uh, clicking a button and watching charts, 
I mean, you know, after three years, like, okay, there's got to be more to life than this. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in real estate just uh, because I knew there was money to be made out there. But I just uh, found real estate to be interesting. So I guess that's why I made the transition. I never thought about that before, right. Matt. But I guess after sitting three years in front of all these, you know, this is back when I had the big, massive screens all around my office, and charts everywhere, and, you know, technical data. And three years of that, you know, going, okay. Now what? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you you also said something that, uh, you know, there's essentially a million ways to make a million bucks in this business. And you had said that, you know, that your recommendation or your advice for someone that's just getting started is to find their niche, something that works for them. Uh, if they're just getting started, how do they find, or how would you say, what would be your advice to go, how do you find that one strategy that will work for them? You know, I think have to look at is uh, is what is your risk capacity. Mm-hmm. For for me at the time, it was very is none. I had no risk uh, capacity. If that makes sense, I need to find something that could generate money with without putting money into it. Um, now, other people may have access to funds. If you have access to funds, and you know, I both know that you know you don't have to have money to make money in real estate, mm-hmm. but I think you have to, uh, for someone starting off, you have to understand the true numbers if you're going to actually be investing in real estate. Because, uh, you know, with lease options and wholesaling, that's not really investing. You're right. just flipping paper. Right. Uh, but if you're going to be investing, you have to know what the true numbers are and don't um, don't be over, uh, don't overthink things. But on the same side, on the flip side, I should say, um, don't be don't be over analytical. Don't be over analytical and try to crunch all the numbers because then the deal will be gone. But you have to know what the real numbers are mm-hmm. and don't get don't get overly excited by potential deals if you don't know what you're doing. So I, I would say you look at things such as wholesaling, uh, lease options. Those are the two easiest ways to get into real estate without any money. Mm-hmm. Then there's rentals, which if you're going to get into rentals. You have to understand what all goes on behind there, whether it's a property management, uh, uh, taking care of the property, um, you know, what the rent values are, what your yield's going to be. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things to look at. So the people I work with that, that I help, Matt, most of them are just starting off, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of like that because mm-hmm. kind of I don't have to I don't have to fix what they've learned incorrectly. <laughs> that right. makes sense. So I can just okay. Here's how you can get started off, and I'll show them the easiest way to get started. Very cool. Very cool. So how many people do you have working with you? Are you a one-man operation? You got a bunch of help? You know, you know what? I At one time, I had myself. I had a business partner. I had, uh, I don't know, 10 different reps is what we called them mm-hmm. around uh, North Texas, Fort Worth, and Dallas. And what I found, of course, this is years ago, what I found is I didn't know what I was doing from a business perspective. And I found that I was basically putting out fires and babysitting. So I scaled it way back to where it's basically just myself and my uh, admin lady now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we've done is we've expanded throughout the nation now. Where we have people using our business model to do lease options in you know all different states. So I don't have to do any hand-holding, uh, but I'm helping other people build their own business. But here locally, it's it's really just... I've scaled it back to me and just my admin lady, but we're actually in the process of putting the pieces in place 
properly this time. That's the key word, properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to scale it back up uh, and, and really put the machine back back together where this time it will be done properly. But right now it's just me. So that, and that's something else for someone starting off. You don't have to have, you know, uh, an office space and 20 people working for you. Mm-hmm. You can do it for yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, if you're doing even five, six deals a month, that's pretty good in, pretty good income for, for working from your house. Right, you know? right. Yeah, when I first attended our, our mastermind group, I was like, wow, I don't have a, nearly a big enough team. These guys got they got they got marketing experts. They got a whole team that answers the phone. They got a team that goes out and visits with the seller, and then they got a team that closes the deals. And they got a whole lending team. And I was just like, "Wow, I need a bigger team," <laughs> but but you don't really. Yeah, yeah, it, you don't, and you have to scale up for what what you're willing, what you want, and what you're willing to do. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, by the end of the year, we'll probably have uh, two people, two other people on board, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But just those two key people can really make, you know, really be able to ramp it up. It's a matter of having the right people, not the number of people, obviously. Right. You know, I've, I've been there, done that, man. I had ten, over 10 people working underneath me, and it was a, uh, talk about a headache. It was a disaster. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, would just, I would just go go to bed at night just, you know, in the fetal position, you know, shaking. I was so... <laughs> <laughs> hey, not, hey, not. Hey, I've been there as well. I can relate. The yeah. uh, the irony I think about about you being on this call today and where you're from and the strategy that you implement. Um, hopefully, you can create some clarity around an issue for me. Is that I've always heard that lease options in the state of Texas were illegal, and then you'd ask one guy, he says, "No, no, there's a way you can do it," and then someone else says, "Oh, no, you can't do it there," and so you're doing it. So, can you can you clear that up for me? Yeah. yeah. Um, the way I do it is, is I just use a uh, prepaid cell phone number. Somebody can track me down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm you know I'm kidding. Right. Uh, you know, it's, lease options are totally legal in Texas, and I don't want to bore everybody with the the details of it. But back in 2005, uh, well, actually, I'll back up a little bit further. You know, I teach lease options in Texas, and I'd like to talk about the history of it. And going back to 2000. Um, in May of 2000, um, a tornado hit downtown Fort Worth and basically destroyed, removed <laughs> numerous houses that were owner financed to Hispanic people. Mm-hmm. Well, they were they were contract for deed, uh, which is you know a contract for deed is owner finance where you don't get the deed until you complete, complete the, contract. the contract. Right. So uh, what happened is all these Hispanics didn't have a house, they lost all their money, and, oh, the crooked investors, mm, they weren't buying insurance. Mm. So they had lost everything. So in 2000, uh, the uh, property code was highly amended. Title II, Chapter 5 of the property code was highly amended to address contract for deeds. And basically that's all that killed contract for deeds at that point. Okay. So, so let's fast forward to 2005. Well, the property code in Texas covered... Um, uh, conveyances, uh, uh, contract for deed, owner finance, uh, landlord-tenant laws, etc. It did not cover lease options. Mm-hmm. And so the original law wasn't even about lease options. The original draft of the law was about amendments to the property code regarding contract for deed and conveyances. However, the law stated that a lease option is an executory contract and, oh, you can't do an executory contract on a property that has a lien, in other words, a mortgage. Mm. And that was all it was about. Well, 
So basically, lump lease options in the same category as the contract for deed. Which contract for deed? You've got pages and pages of requirements and disclosures and just a bunch of stuff. Well, what happened, and I apologize, someone's coming in there uh, trying to call in, so I'm sorry if it goose up the audio for a second. But so fast forward a little bit. I'm sorry. So in 2005, the uh, uh, Low Income Housing Authority, who was working with ACORN, lobbied. of our politicians, uh, and got legis- so we've got legislation drafted, and the le- original legislation was horrible. It was absolutely horrible, seeing that lease options were con- you know basically a victory contract, contract for deed, couldn't do a lease option on a property that had a mortgage. Well, we highly, highly, you know, all the investors went totally after these uh, politicians and our representatives. They totally changed the law, highly amended the law, uh, and so... The final law stated that, uh, specifically, there was a very specific section of the law that did not apply to a lease option. However, only the following, whatever, seven sections or eight sections of the, of the law apply to a lease option. So you have to go through the law line by line and go, okay, does this apply, does it not apply, does it apply, does it not apply. Um, so we had to uh, amend our contract and put specific verbiage in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just you know keep on moving down the road. The rumors, unfortunately, had already got out because of the original law stating that a lease option was an executory contract. So everybody assumed, still a lot of us, uh, people still assume that a lease option is basically like a contract for deed in the state of Texas, which it's not, right. because the law was highly amended. But some attorneys just never reread the law, and so um, or the final law, I should say. But at the end of the day. Matt, what the law states in Texas is that if you do a lease option um, and it has a mortgage, then the owner has to disclose the mortgage information, has to let the buyer know when the payments were made, and the house can't be in, in default, it, you know, which makes sense. All the law is about is protecting the buyer. Right. They don't want people getting to a house, putting 5000 down, and make three payments, and the house goes to foreclosure. Right. So I understand the, you know. I understand the purpose behind the law to protect the buyer because there are some bad people doing some bad things. Mm-hmm. But it's you know same old same old Matt. You know a few bad apples, and you know you know uh, they think everything everything has to be changed because of a couple right. of knuckleheads down in South Texas. Well, every clause but, every in every contract is because there was a bad apple somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and you know yep. some you know somebody was taking advantage of somebody, so oh we have we have to just make a, a clean sweep across the board, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to punish everybody. So, yeah. Yeah, we're going to punish everybody. And the thing is, is what the people that were really that were getting hurt were the people that really the buyers that needed to get into a, a lease option. Mm-hmm. They were hurting the people that they thought were trying to help. Mm-hmm. Is what they were doing. But uh, so Texas specific laws about lease option, but most of them I mean, they're really pretty easy. I mean, some of the piddly stuff like you can't withhold a rent credit for a late payment. So if if uh, someone goes get financed, the seller can't say, "Oh, wait a minute, remember in June when you paid on the third? Yeah, your payment's on the first, so you don't get any of your rent credits, and you lost your down payment. Mm. Well, that's ripping somebody off. Right. I get right. you know, so you can't do that in Texas. Right. So, uh, but the biggest thing is just you know, the mortgage information, disclosing the mortgage information if there is a mortgage, uh, and um, and notifying the buyer when the payments were made. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really about it. Got it. Right. There's, there's little piddly things, but yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't want to bore people. Right. Right. No. No. That's good. That's uh. So. So it's legal. That's what we need to know. You just got to do it right. It's yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, now let me throw this out here, Matt. Especially for those listening. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing I will say: <clears throat> in Texas, 
the seller of a lease option has to have the simple title. Okay. And and I can't tell you how many times I've had attorneys call me, uh, and I have to explain to them what fee simple title is. I know. These are real estate attorneys, keep in mind. Right. I have to explain to them, um, the fee simple title has nothing to do with the mortgage. Right. Uh, fee simple title is how we hold title in the state of Texas. It's right. considered absolute title. It's the purest form of title. So all that means is that in Texas, technically, you can't do, for the law, a sandwich lease option. Because if I if I if you're the seller and I'm leasing to buy, and we have a, a, a lease option between each other, and I turn around and lease option to somebody else mm-hmm. on the well, on the B side, I'm the seller. Right. I don't have I don't have feasible title. Okay. So in Texas, you can't you can't do that. Again, that's about protecting the buyer, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, so you can't technically you so can't no, do a standard lease option. In right. Texas. No master leases. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so I can't. Yeah. So I can't just go out and, and lease it. Sub. Well, I'm not going to sublet it, but I can't sublet it with the option of purchase. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Super. I got it. So let's let's get to nuts and bolts real estate. My, my my crowd just loves the nuts and bolts and the how to stuff and the technical stuff, the tactics and the strategies and like, how do you do this. So let's start and just define and and start off everybody off on the same page. What is a lease option, John? A lease option is. Uh, a lease with a separate option of purchase that gives the buyer the right to buy the property at a set price uh, before uh, before the um, before the end date of the contract. Mm-hmm. So we set everything up uh, to give you specifics. We set everything up on a twelve month lease option. Mm-hmm. So what we do is our company signs lease options with sellers mm-hmm. for set price, set monthly amount, everything, and we assign our contract the people uh, that need time to get financed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we assign our contract. They now have the right to buy that property uh, at a certain price before the end date of the contract. Um, they ma- they're making payments to the owner. They have the right to buy the property. Their down payment, their option fee goes towards the purchase. It actually goes towards the uh, uh, FHA required down payment. But that is a lease option. All we're doing is assigning our contract to the end buyer. Got it. Okay, so you're getting the lease option in place with the seller, and then you're assigning that to the end buyer. Exactly, and that's all we're doing. Just like a wholesaler assigns his contract to a cash buyer, we're assigning our contract to uh, to a family that needs time to get financed. Very good. Exactly. In California, yeah. a lease option consists of two contracts, the lease and the option. Is that the same way in Texas? Yeah, and the law doesn't require – in Texas, the law doesn't require that at all. Typically, uh, we have a lease with a separate option of purchase. The theory behind that is if you do a sandwich lease option, you have a lease option as one contract between you and the seller. Then you have a separate lease with a separate option of purchase on the on the B side. But uh, the, the theory behind that is, uh, you know, first of all, it makes it easier to evict people and uh, avoids equitable interest. But, yeah, we have a separate lease. We have a lease with a separate option of purchase. Okay. Uh, when we go get people financed, because keep in mind, Matt, we take these people to finance. Mm-hmm. When we go get, when they go to get financed, the lender actually sees our option of purchase and the assignment, mm-hmm. because our option of purchase spells out everything: who's paying what, closing costs, uh, I mean everything. Got so it. that's what the lender sees, and uh, and that's it. Super. Okay. So, 
What is your favorite method for finding deals, finding sellers that are open to your, uh, your opportunity, your structure? Okay, I'm going to tell you, and people listening to this, and you will probably go, you, you do what? <laughs> <laughs> I do something very, very unconventional. Uh-huh. Um, because I have to, you know, when you're starting off in real estate, you try every avenue of marketing and yeah. trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work. Uh, I finally, years and years and years ago, I finally thought, this is, you know, cold calling isn't working, this isn't working. This is back before Craigslist or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I finally thought, okay, John, think about this. Who's trying to sell their house? And I finally realized, oh, I know people that have their house for sale. Mm-hmm. So I do uh, direct mail campaigns. How did you come to that houses. conclusion? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, was, I, was, I was in Cancun with a bottle of rum on the beach, and I find out who's trying to sell their house, and that's how it hit me. And you it had a vision, me. right? I, I had a vision, yes. Go ahead. <laughs> So we do direct mail to uh, listed houses. Okay. And that's yeah, yeah. what I do. I do. I do. Uh, we've got brochures, very nice brochures, and nice uh, postcards. We send out to people uh-huh. that are, have their houses listed um, in right. specific. We target down to specific zip codes and specific price ranges because okay. we're looking for a very specific type home. We've gotten away from lower end homes like uh, you know ninety hundred thousand dollar houses. We try to stay in basically the, the average to upper upper average price home. Okay, I can hear I can hear my audience right now. You mean you send direct mail to homes that are under contract with a realtor? How, how do you get around with the realtor? How do you deal with that? Is that moral? Is it legal? Can you respond to that? It's total, first of all, totally legal because I'm not an agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can I can send them you know I can send them. Uh, 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 mail. I can send direct mail in the mail because uh, I'm not an agent. Right. Uh, having said that, it's really interesting because as I teach people, and they're like, well, "How do you how do you do that?" The, at the end of the day, um, first of all, I almost never ever talk to the agent. Uh, if the agent were to call me and say, "Well, how does this work?" I explain how we how we work, how this comes together, and oh, by the way, we also buy houses for cash. And next thing you know, the agent wants to work with me. Mm-hmm. So I haven't made an en- enemy. I've made a friend. Right. However. Yeah, let's get down to uh, to the bottom line. How does that work with the agent? Because it's under contract. The owner of the house calls me. The agent almost never calls me. Mm-hmm. The owner calls me, and I explain. Well, you know, you need to let your agent know that you're going to offer this, or you want to pursue this, at least purchase. But I tell them very specifically. Tell your agent you need to keep that listing. You want to keep that listing because you'd be surprised, Mister Homeowner. How many times we get involved, and within three weeks, you've got a contract because we do mass, mass marketing that your agent doesn't do, and you'd be surprised how when we get involved, suddenly the activity picks up dramatically in your house. So tell your agent to please keep that listing, uh, and the owner will ask, well, how do they get paid? Well, that's when you and your agent. Uh, there's a few different ways that the agent typically gets paid. Um the owner will either uh, pay him half a one month's payment, the same as they would on a straight lease, mm-hmm. or they'll pay him some flat fee amount of maybe it's whatever it is, eight hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever. Um, I've had some owners say, "Well, if they don't sell, I'm not going to pay him." Well, that's up to you. I, I mean, mm-hmm. the contract's between you and your agent, so you all work it out. But just let me know if you talk to them, and and we'll move forward on our end. Right. So uh, uh, it's not uncommon at all. For our listings, they have two signs in the yard: the agent and ours. Uh, and whatever the whatever the owner worked out, with the agent is between them. You know, it doesn't matter to me. But I tell the I 
do tell the owner, please you know, do not cancel that contract. Uh, I'd be happy to talk to your agent, but do not cancel that contract because we're just another marketing portal. We're not here to step on toes. We're another marketing avenue, and it's your house, and you got to move this thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I first started doing that, oh, my gosh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I got a few agents calling me that were mad, and um, I can't tell you, Matt, the last time I had an agent call me um, that was upset. Now they call me wanting to work with me. You know, Very so, cool. but I know, and, and I don't mean to make it oversimplistic, but uh, that's just that's just the no, way that's it is. Fine. I never no, talk it's, to the it's not complicated. I just I could just hear the the question already because we've addressed it oh, here yeah. on the show several times already before, and I just wanted them to hear it from another perspective. And I had no idea what you were going to say, and you said pretty much what I say. So good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, as far as so you send these, you do your direct mail to houses that are listed. Um, what is your response rate, or, or what is? Yeah, yeah. let me ask your response yeah, rate first. Yeah, it's a. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, that's a good question. I'll, and I'll. Uh, it obviously, as you know, with your any marketing, your response rate varies depending on maybe time of year mm-hmm. or the list you're hitting mm-hmm. or you know, whatever. There's different variables. The mailing piece, or and, and the mar- and the market overall. Right. Uh, so, for example, in my response. If I, I, I basically don't do any mailing, uh, direct mail to a list of houses in July because I know it's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on vacation. They're hoping, well, let's see what the, let's see what happens in the summer end, or let's see what happens you know, in the summer with the contract. So I don't do anything in July. But having said all that, for I'll hit the same list typically at least two times. I hit the same list, and then about three weeks later, hit four weeks later, hit the same list again. So if I send out, say, uh, uh, a thousand. Uh, back up. If I had a thousand pieces twice, so let's say two thousand pieces, even mm-hmm. though it's the same list. Okay, I'll typically get uh, ten, about ten phone calls off that. Okay. So, so off of two thousand pieces against the same list. That's right. an important note. Off the same list, I'll get about ten calls off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's the here's the key, though. The when I get calls, my close rate is out of ten calls, I'll probably get seven or eight of those houses under contract. It's outstanding. And and the reason for that is, well, first of all, because I'm a nice guy, and who you know who wouldn't want to do business with me? Of Come course. on, of but, course. But but part of the reason is because they is the way that we approach the marketing. They're calling me. They're not. Uh, uh, so they're they're inquiring to me. I'm not cold calling them or emailing them. They're calling me. They're interrupting my time. I mean, you get it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a matter. It's a it's a uh, psychological thing. They're calling me. I'm giving them the information. Uh, put the numbers together and have them numbers and contracts within within one day, mm-hmm. and uh, answer all their questions. Um, so our close rate is very very high because yeah. as opposed to wholesaling. Which I mean, you know, I wholesale too, mm-hmm. but you know how it is with wholesaling. You get uh, 25, 30 calls, and out of those calls, four or five are possible deals, and you can't get the people on the phone. Mm-hmm. You may end up with one. You know, just the close rate's very low right. for, for wholesaling versus what we have in place. Just the way we structured, it's out of say 2,000 pieces, we'll we'll get yeah, solid 10 calls, I would say, but we close most of them. Super, super. Um, of those, of those 10 calls, 
how often do you get like a real like a, a cash deal that makes sense? Do, do you find motivated sellers in that way? Any once every once in a while? You know what? On a rare occasion, it's pretty rare. Normally, that way, right? and I say, and, I, and and again, Matt, the reason is because of our specific mailing mm-hmm. uh, that we're targeting. We're targeting nice houses, nice areas, so they're newer. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and so there's not a lot of equity there. Right. Um, which is great for lease purchase. So for those of people listening that are doing wholesaling, you've got to bring lease options in the equation because uh, think of all the leads you're throwing away that, you know, um, the people don't want to deed their house over on a sub two, but they really don't have any equity. Right. Boom. There's a lease option. Got it. You know, you get a top dollar, top price, maintenance taken care of, everything's taken care of. It's just, it's very, the way we have it set, it's very hands off to the homeowner. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, all right. So we know how you find the deals. Where and then you were talking. You've mentioned your your marketing a couple of times and how uh, it generates more activity on on that listing. Well, what are you doing to attract a buyer that's open to that structure? Um, yeah, as far as the buyer, that's actually the the easy part. Uh, and I'll I'll start from the easiest and kind of build from there. The first thing we do is we, you know don't laugh. Is we stick a sign in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> I just so we, had this conversation. Like I always ask yeah. that, these questions like, gosh, how are you doing this? goes, uh, a sign, Craigslist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's rocket science. Yeah, no, wow, that's, that's genius. Uh, mm-hmm. We stick up, we have a sign. Uh, it's a professional sign. It's not some, you know, handmade. Because you're talking maybe a quarter million dollar home, $200,000 house. Right. You don't want to put some piece of garbage sign in the yard. It looks like, you know, you know, if you flip the paper over, it says garage sale underneath. You know, mm-hmm. it's a nice, it's a nice 18 by 24 aluminum sign. Our it's a very nice special sign in the yard. We do have some cor- specially done coral signs for directional if we need to, etc. Uh, but a sign in the yard, shockingly, that gets so many calls on it. Still, just old mm-hmm. school. Um, What's the message on the sign? Actually, it just has our logo That's and it. my name and phone number. So it just looks like it's a house for sale. Yeah, it looks just like a realtor sign. Okay. Okay. Uh, except it doesn't have my big beautiful face on it. Right. You know what? Maybe I should start doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has our logo, uh, our website, and my name and number. And that's the bit of nice, you know, professional-looking uh, real estate site. Okay. That goes in the yard. Then we put it up on our website, Leasing to Buy. Uh, our website, cause, because we've been around for so long, our website gets, who knows, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of hits per month. Uh, so we put it up on our website. From our website, it feeds into, who knows, 20, 30 other websites. You know, obviously, uh, uh, Trulia, uh, you know, Zillow, these mm-hmm. other websites as mm-hmm. well. Um, we also have a email list mm-hmm. um, where uh, people that have signed up for our email list, so we notify them when new houses come up. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, what, around 35, 3,800 people on that email list. Right. So once we get a house, um, because we've been around for so long, and with our marketing techniques, once we get a house, it's normally gone within, certainly within a month, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some quirky ones, you know, stick around for a little bit like a bad girlfriend. But, you know, normally they're gone within about uh, three or four weeks. Right. Yeah. So, so it's actually pretty easy to, to market for the buyers. We don't do a lot of Craigslist marketing anymore mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. the, the flakes and just the, sure. the pain in the rear. Plus you got a little but, higher uh, quality house as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if someone's starting off, yeah, I'd, I would do anything. I'd, I'd uh, 
get out there with some bikini models and swimsuits to market the house if I had to. You know, whatever <laughs> it takes, whatever it takes, baby. Right? Dress up in the Statue of Liberty outfit and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twirl the sign. Yeah, we do taxes too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was, I was waiting for some tricks from you, John. Gosh, you're really disappointment. This. Uh... I know nothing. Nothing fancy. Oh my gosh, he does. Uh, we do uh, uh, something. We'll do if the house isn't moving. We'll uh, actually do a fireworks display in the front yard, uh, and we'll roast a pig. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> got it, got it. Well, cool. So, how many deals are uh, a month are you doing? You say? You know, it slowed down a little bit, uh, and it's my fault mm-hmm. uh, because we started doing more wholesaling, and then uh, this year um, I've been doing a lot of traveling with the training and stuff. And so I took my eye off the ball, so it slowed down a little bit. Um, but norm, we've done well over 500 lease options, mm-hmm. well over. It's probably getting, it's probably over 550 lease options. We've done uh, a ton, a ton of lease options. Um, when I had the other machine going, we were doing a minimum of uh, a minimum of six to eight lease options a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it slowed down a little bit again over this year because of me just and. You know, just because I started doing wholesaling more and right. then started traveling and, you know, my one-man show, took my eye off the ball. And like I was telling you, that's why I said, okay, I got I to gotta put the systems in place and get the machine back going so right. I can travel and still uh, do the training and still let, you know, let the machine create money. Right. But, well, uh, but uh, outside of that, we were doing uh, uh, minimum four or five a month, minimum. Mm-hmm. Okay, minimum, so yeah. what do you see for your future? Where are you, Where are you headed right now? Right now, I'm in a transition period of, uh, I should say, a rebuilding period where uh, I'm going to build the, uh, put the machine back in place, like I said, to uh, really ramp up the lease options again, uh, completely uh, build the back end uh, again for the wholesaling side so that that's kind of doing its thing. Mm-hmm. And on the training side, I've got to get off the road <laughs> uh-huh. and bring that back into a more of a web-based uh, training and only do a couple of shows a, a year, a shows, you know, a couple of uh, live events a year. Mm-hmm. And so that I can, then I can just become uh, the overseer and just kind of oversee everything. But uh, right now we're in a position where we're uh, putting pieces back in place to ramp up the whole thing and the lease option stuff so I don't have to be involved in it day to day. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Cool, John. And, so, and by the way, and yeah. by, by the way, uh, those people listening, I was telling you, uh, listen to your podcast as far as who you are on your team and stuff. Uh, get up and listen to those podcasts. That's that's vital information. I mean, I I'm listening to it over and over as I'm building my team back up um, because uh, at the end of the day, you know, you go from just a one man show and you start building it up, you're going to plateau. Mm-hmm. You're going to plateau, and you got to start going. You know what? I'm not surprised on the box i gotta bring some other people in right and that's where i am with the uh, the real estate side and the training side i'm having to bring other people on to help with the train because I, I just can't handle it all mm-hmm. you know so uh for those people listening look as you start growing this thing you will plateau and you have to understand you've got to bring people on you got to bring the right people on mm-hmm. you know not, not only will you plateau but you'll hit a point where you just you max out like your just your effectiveness and your energy and your just your ability oh. You, oh you my gosh! You know, and it's I don't not a it's not a soft up. landing when you hit that wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, like you know what, it, it, Matt. That was that was the funniest thing. That's not a soft landing when you hit that wall. When I was at the mentorship group, uh, I didn't get to do my presentation mm-hmm. because I got there and after slide two, Todd Toback and uh, uh, Jason Medley, they dude they they nailed me. They're like, dude, you're burned out. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm kind of burned out, you know. I haven't been home in a month. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, you've got to, uh, you know, you got to regroup right. and reorganize and, um, and figure out how you're going to get through that wall right. that you just slammed into. And uh, it takes a little bit of time and putting the right pieces in place. But right. um, And that's, I think that's the way it is, Matt, any business. Mm-hmm. And not just real estate. You know, you're going to, you know, turn and burn and turn and burn. And you finally hit the wall where you're just like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to hire somebody. Cause, you know, being a small business, oh, hiring somebody, oh, that's going to cost me money. I don't want to spend money. You know, right. and you got to get over that. you got to get over it. It'll make you money instantly. Oh yeah! I mean, it will make you I mean, money I, instantly. I, for so long, I put that off of hiring people because I was just like, I don't want. I'm making good money, and I don't want to give any of it away. And yeah. You know, and once I hired someone, I started making more. And I was like, wow, what a novelty! Now I'm like, I can't hire people fast enough. I mean, I'm looking. I'm being careful about it, and I want to get the right people. But I, I can just see how easily it is now to expand and, and build and scale when uh, by by. Asking for help and getting competent people and people that are smarter than you Bingo. and people that are more skilled than Bingo. you are. and yeah. Asking for help. That's so difficult for someone that's as smart as you and I are, isn't it? Yeah. To actually go, oh, I'm not belittling myself. I need some help. Right. You know, cause it, 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 it's a psychological thing where you're just like, you know, I don't want to ask for help. And right. uh, that's what's so great about you know the, the group, I, you know, hanging out with those guys in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, and, and not to get off topic here, but Sean Terry had a, a amazing uh, 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 presentation on how he hires people. Yeah. So if you haven't yeah. seen that Dropbox, uh, you got to go check that out. I did. It was, I it, did. It was, it was genius. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, submit a video. I love it. Yeah, so. <laughs> Sean, he's I love that. He's on some next stuff though. I mean, he's a uh, boy. He he comes up with some <laughs> some doozies. That guy is just a, a yeah. workhorse, and he's. He's got the uh, intelligence to go right along with his work ethic. He's an awesome dude. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, great. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah so it's a fantastic guy. But, yeah, you're going to hit those people listening. As you start building a, your business, uh, it's a small business, and you got to start growing. Yeah, you're going to have to bring someone on. I brought a uh, uh, my uh, admin lady on, and she's far more an admin, but there's no way, there's absolutely no physical way I could have I could do what I do had I not hired her. Mm-hmm. And it relieved me immediately, immediately. And I thought, this is stupid. Why didn't I do this before? Right. You know, right. just kicking myself. But you just got to get over that uh, that that mental hurdle and go. You know, um, um, I got to I got to bring someone else in. So that, and that's where I am now. It's starting to build that team now. You mm-hmm. know, so I can so I can really ramp it up. You know. Cool. Well, the one thing I learned when hiring team was. Uh... Don't look for the skill necessarily as much as you look for the character. The skill can be trained. People uh, mm, can be mm. trained to do what you need them to do. Uh, but if you get the right character, then you know you'll only hire once. You know, instead of hiring yeah. like four or five yeah. times until you match the two that's, up going the other way. And that, that's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. exactly right. Indeed. And 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 when you're and I don't know, uh, you know, your all of your business model and pay structure, or whatever. But one of the things is when you're hiring people that I've learned. Is that if you're paying commission, mm-hmm. that is not for everybody. Matter right. of fact, that's there's, there's most most people don't want commission. They want nine to five time for money. They yep. want to trade their time for money. Commission's a whole other beast. And you're used to it, and I'm used to it, but most of the world isn't. And so you've got to be careful hiring somebody that doesn't need uh, you know twenty bucks to put gas in their car to make it home. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Then they're, then they're done that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, 
I became the Bank of John. <laughs> right, right. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, if anyone wanted to get in contact with you and learn about what you're doing, about your training, how should they go about that? Yeah, I've got a couple of, and I'm not going to uh, tout them here, but I do have a couple of events coming up, in, live events coming up in Texas uh, here uh, in the next few weeks. But they can go to uh, leaseoptionclasses.com. Uh-huh. Again, that's leaseoptionclasses.com. Uh, when you go to the homepage and you see that incredibly handsome man on the video, that's me. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, leaseoptionclasses.com. If they want to see what I actually do in my business, then go to our business site, which is leasingtobuy.com, and that's leasingtobuy.com. Super. And we'll make sure all and, those are in the show notes yeah, as they, well for you. They, they, they can find me through those websites. Okay. Fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Let's do it again. I know I'm, I think I'm going to see you again in August, right? We'll be in Tampa? I think, yeah, August in Tampa, I think, is where it is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it'll so, be uh, fun. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll buy an iced tea down there. How's that? Love it. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Man, thank you so much. It was a pleasure uh, getting to know you and meeting you, and uh, so glad our uh, paths uh, crossed. And thank you uh, so much for, uh, for letting me come on here and talk a little bit. You bet. It was my pleasure, and uh, I'm sure it was our audience's pleasure as well. So thanks. Thanks, Matt. Okay, take care. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All righty, so that's it for today. I am Matt Terrio, living the dream. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.